Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome once again. Today, we are continuing in our sermon series that we've been in on the fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit are those character traits that Jesus embodied when He walked this earth full of the Holy Spirit. And these are character traits that the Holy Spirit, as He works in and through us, wants, wants to grow in each of our lives as well. And so as we've done throughout the series, I want to do it again this morning. I want to invite you to read the list of the fruit of the Spirit that Paul gives us in Galatians chapter 5 together. Would you read it out loud with me? Here it is. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And today we're going to be talking about patience. And whenever I think of, of patience or a lack of patience, this is what comes into my mind. So, all right, let's make it stop. Let's make it stop. So painful, isn't it? Okay, how many of you here remember sitting through that? Okay, how many of you in here are like, Jonathan, you are so old, I don't even understand your sermon illustrations anymore, okay? Okay, so just to explain it to you, that is the sound that all of us used to have to endure patiently while we were waiting to get onto the internet as our phone lines dialed up. And I remember those I remember those days well before my family got DSL. In those days, you know, we'd dial up, and usually I'd dial up at night if I wanted to download a song because it might take eight hours to download the song and you didn't want to tie up the phone line during the day. So I'd, I'd download the song all night. That way, when I woke up, I could listen to whatever the latest Britney Spears track was that everybody at middle school was talking about. So we, we'd set it. It would download all night long, eight plus hours for one song. During those years, and during those years, I used to be—I uh, was kind of a techie kid and loved the internet. So I would buy things off eBay, and I remember waiting weeks for things to come in the mail back then. And then even with web pages, right? Like a web page might take a minute, two minutes to load, and you just keep clicking refresh. And so, thankfully, things are different now. Thankfully, the next generation doesn't have to endure all of those things like we did. But if you're like me, now, even though I once knew that I had to wait for these things, now if Amazon takes three days instead of two days, right, I get on customer service with somebody like Nina over here and say, I want, I want a little refund in my account. And I mean, if a song takes more than like two seconds to load on Spotify, I'm like, I'm done with Spotify. I want to go on Pandora. I'm going to listen to it elsewhere. And if a web page isn't loading on my computer, well, then I'll just go to my phone or I'll go to my tablet and, and find it some other way. I mean, you can relate to this, right? I mean, we are living in an instant gratification culture, and it leads a lot of us to kind of be impatient people on an everyday basis. And because of our culture, I mean, this is why Amazon now has Amazon Prime now. Have you all heard of this? This is where it's not two days, it's two hours to get your goods if you live in certain zip codes, but not our zip code yet, okay? We're waiting, Amazon, listen to us, okay? We want it, and we want it now. That's the age we live in. We want what we want, and we want it 
now, I mean, some of you, this is how you are in traffic, right? How many of you are like a quick honker in traffic? Nobody will. Okay, just a couple people, okay? So, you know, this is why we honk at people in traffic. This is why we get mad if we have to wait in any kind of line because we just think, you know what? I I don't want to have to wait for any of that. I don't want to have to do anything like that. And it's easy to think of like funny ways in traffic or packages or, you know, waiting on luggage that we get frustrated and impatient. But, but the bigger deal for us in our age today is that this instant gratification culture, which has bred impatience in us, it not only impacts stuff and situations, it really where it's a big deal is where it impacts our relationships. And this has been a season, at least if you're like me, where it feels like a lot of relationships are being, being tested by impatience. I mean, you've seen the viral videos, right, of people going to the stores and the stores like, hey, you know, can you wear a mask? Can you sanitize your hands? And, and people exploding and yelling at them and getting angry because they're impatient. They don't want to deal with it. Uh, parents, I mean, you know, you're, if you're doing e-learning or you spent all summer cooped up with your kids, maybe you express, not any of the Harvest Point saints, but maybe people watching online, you know, you, you expressed your impatience through yelling with other people. Now spouses in some situations are spending more time with each other than ever before and they're getting frustrated, annoyed at all those little habits that they didn't have to, have to see. And you just think about Facebook and our friends and our political moment, right? It's easy to get frustrated with people and have impatience with other people in our lives right now. And so a lot of us have found ourselves in that situation where we have been praying an ancient prayer of the Christian faith, where we are praying on a regular basis, Lord, give me patience and give it to me now. Right? Have you ever prayed that? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I'm not going to ask about your situation. His wife's tugging his arm. (laughs) So, you know, that prayer, Lord, give me patience and give it to me now, is one I've prayed. And it seems kind of silly, but I actually think it's a pretty good prayer. I think it's a pretty good prayer because, well, one, it recognizes that patience isn't something we can just manufacture in ourselves. It's a prayer that recognizes the source of patience, right? We're praying it to God. It's a prayer reaching out for help, which I think is something that that most of us need in terms of patience right now. The the one place I think the, the prayer gets it wrong is that that prayer kind of forgets that patience is what Paul calls a fruit of the Spirit. And if you know about how fruit grows, fruit doesn't often grow instantly. A lot of time, fruit grows slowly, over time. It doesn't just all sprout up in one day and look beautiful. And that's how patience often is in our lives as well. But the good news I want to share with you this morning is that when we cry out to God for patience and we eagerly desire the gift of patience, this fruit of the Spirit in our lives, I believe that God is willing and able to give it to us. And I think God is willing and able to give it to us because actually when we look in the Scriptures, one of the things we find is that that God actually describes Himself as a patient God. And so when we think about patience and, okay, well, how do you define patience? If, if you look at the literal term in the Bible, in the Greek here, it literally means long-tempered, which is the opposite of being short-tempered. 
So it's the ability to endure opposition, suffering, hardship, things like that without getting angry quickly. And in Exodus chapter 34, God is having a conversation with Moses and God actually describes himself this way. He says this, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. And, and we see this, this character of God in action throughout Scripture as, as people are being disobedient to God, as, as people are ignoring God, as people who are, are just saying to the Creator, whatever. God is patient with them. And this description that God gives of himself is actually found throughout the Bible time and time again. And I think one of the most beautiful places it's found is in Psalm 103, where David, reflecting on this this character trait of God, says this, The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He doesn't treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, like we we just sang about. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed, and he remembers that we are. Our dust. And over and over again throughout the scriptures in the Old Testament with the nation of Israel, especially, we see God being patient with people. God being patient with people in the midst of their rebellion, He patiently awaits their repentance, their return to Him. And then, in the fullness of time, as, as most of you know, God, out of His love, entered into our world Himself. God entered into our world in the person of Jesus Christ. And God said, you know what? The punishment you deserve for your sin, I'm going to take it upon myself. And on a cross like like this one over here in our room, Jesus endured suffering. He endured opposition. He endured mocking. He endured the weight of our sin. He endured shame. He endured all of that stuff patiently for you and for me so that we could be reconciled to God. And when people were mocking him on the cross, they were trying to get him to be angry. But instead he said, you know what? This is the plan of salvation. And I'm not gonna get angry. I'm gonna patiently endure this out of my love for all of humanity. So in Jesus' death, we, we see patience on display at the cross, but not only in his death, we also see it in his life. I mean, because if you think about Jesus' life, we see kind of a different aspect of patience. I mean, another way of translating patience or defining it, and this might be how it is in your Bibles, is the word forbearance. And forbearance simply means to bear with somebody. To bear with somebody, to put up with somebody and their weaknesses, their personality, their annoyances, ways they frustrate you. And we actually see this in Jesus' life. Because if you look at the disciples, when we read through the Gospel of Mark earlier this year, I mean, we, we saw this very clearly. The disciples, time and time again, 
Jesus teaches them something, and what happens? It just, just goes in one ear and out the other. They're, they're slow learners, and, and Jesus was patient with them. Or at times, Jesus would perform a great miracle, like he did with the feeding of the 5,000. And then just a little while later, the disciples are like, well, we don't have any bread. Jesus, what are we going to do? We're hungry. And Jesus, you know, if I was Jesus, I would probably have gotten mad at them and frustrated and yelled at them and said, why can't you get it yet? But thankfully, I'm not Jesus. Well, I wish I was. I mean, I wish I was more like Jesus. You know what I mean? And so he's patient with them. And even after he rises from the dead, in the resurrection accounts, I mean, the people are coming up to him and they're like, Jesus, prove it. And Jesus, he had told them before he died, I'm going to die on a cross. I'm going to rise again three days later. And then he did it. And then everybody's like, well, you need to prove it to us, right? Show us. We're not going to believe unless you really explain it or do another miracle. And, and in the midst of all of that stuff going on, Jesus was patient with people. Jesus was patient in his life. He was patient in his death on the cross. He was patient even after his resurrection. And this is the kind of patience that Jesus wants us to have with other people. This is the kind of patience that the Holy Spirit is able to grow in our hearts and in our lives. And so if you're wondering where, where, what does this look like in our lives, where, where does this begin, I think one simple way to think about patience with people in your life is this. Patience is simply putting up with other people the way God has put up with you. Patience is putting up with other people the way God has put up with you. And now I know when we think of putting up with other people, it kind of has like a negative connotation to it. And we're like, well, you know, put up with people. That doesn't sound very loving, but actually putting up with people can be a, a supreme act of love compared to the opposite of putting up with people, which is putting people out of your life. And, and actually, that's what we see in our culture today, right? More and more, we see people aren't willing to put up with other people, and so we just say, you know what? Done with you. I'm going to put you out of my life. We, we, we see this in marriages, right? Years grow of frustration, anger, different annoyances, and so people say, you know what, I'm going to put them out of my life. We see this with, with friends right now in a, in a political moment. Friends who, you know, have gotten along for years. Now all of a sudden are, are saying, you know what, I, I have to put you out of my life. We can't be friends anymore because we disagree on certain key issues. We see this in many different areas of our culture today. People putting others out of their lives, we see it in the church. People say, you know what, that person's personality, I just can't deal with it, so I'm going to leave the church. I'm going to go to a church down the street. And this is not what God desires for us. He desires for us to put up with people the way he's put up with us. And now, I want to make a disclaimer here. Now, there are times when physical health is at stake, mental health, and there can be spiritual abuse being practiced. And in those cases, don't, don't hear me saying something I'm not. It is probably wise to put certain people out of your life. But generally, I think when we're trying to put people out of our lives and we're unwilling to put up with them, I think it's due to a lack of patience in our own hearts. And so if we're going to put up with other people the way God has put up with us, I think we've seen it in some of the scripture readings we've read this morning and we see it again in Colossians chapter 3. I think one of the first things we have to do is really be people of forgiveness. 
We have to be willing to forgive other people as Christ has forgiven us because that's one way that we're able to bear with other people. And Paul, writing in in Colossians chapter 3, he he says it this way. He says, As God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you, and over all of these virtues put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. And I don't know what comes to mind when when you read these verses, but for me, I mean, I think about how many times God has forgiven me. I mean, it's it's more than 70 times seven. It's it's a countless number of times. I think about how many times God is gonna forgive me in, in the future. And he says, I promise I will continue to forgive you. I think about how, how God's forgiveness, when, when God forgives us, he, he's not saying, you know what, hey, it's not a big deal. Don't worry about it. Hey, it's all right, man. No, no. When God forgives us, he's saying our sin is a big deal. It is a big deal. It's so big that his one and only son died on the cross for us. But he's saying, I forgive you because I don't want to put you out. I want a relationship with you. I want you in my life. And when we come to a place where we can forgive others as Christ has forgiven us. We're inviting them continually into our lives to continue the relationship in the midst of forgiveness. And Adam Hamilton, a Methodist pastor, he has a little book called Forgiveness. It's it's a great little book. And in there, he says there are six words that everybody needs to know. And if you master these words and the truths behind them, you'll, you'll live a life better than most people. And he said the six words, the first three are, I forgive you. And the second three words are, I am sorry. And that if you can get those words, those concepts right in your life, then things are going to be transformed. Things are going to be different. Your relationships are going to be healthier. You're going to become a more patient person as you're able to forgive other people and bear with them in this way. So I think forgiveness, it's something so simple we talk about often, but it's, it's something so foundational for our life as people of faith. Forgiving other people as we've been forgiven is one key to living patiently with others. But I think uh, another aspect of, of patience comes up for, for those people who haven't sinned against us necessarily. They're just annoying, right? Anybody know an annoying or frustrating person? Okay, no pointing, no pointing, y'all. Um, you know, there's those times where people just have different personalities. They just rub us the wrong way. Like, they haven't wronged us. They're just what, what I sometimes call hard to love, right? They just require a little extra grace. So, I mean, what, what about those people? I mean, because those people don't necessarily need forgiveness from us. We just need something in that relationship to help us keep going and help us endure. And Paul, he kind of points us again, in another one of his letters to to some keys for dealing with those type of situations. Ephesians chapter 4, he writes to a church who's been facing challenges, who's been facing differences in their midst, where, where some people are leaving over different things. And he says this, he says, live a life worthy of the calling you've received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. And catch this, he says, make every 
effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. For there is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, through all, and in all. He says it again. He says, look, bear with one another. Put up with other people. Don't, don't simply just put them out of your life. Keep the unity of the faith. And he's not saying here, hey, you know what? Don't speak truth to people. Don't correct people when they're wrong. If you read Paul's letters, you find he was pretty good at, at correcting people and speaking truth. But he's saying even when people don't instantly respond the way you want to, even when, when people can't fully hear the truth, he says, be patient with other people. Keep bearing with them. Why? He points us to the body of Christ. He says, look, in Christ you have a spiritual oneness. You are one body. And he says, now reflect that in your relationships to the world. And he says that because when the church is living as one and we are unified and we're bearing with one another, we serve as a countersign to our culture of impatience. And people see a community of patient people, a community of love, and they say, you know what? I want to be a part of that community. And Paul points us to, to another thing here that I think is helpful for living with patience. He, he says, be humble. Can you say that? Say that with me. Be humble. Be humble. I mean, it's easier, it's easier said than done, but he says, be humble. And what this means is don't, don't always think that your thoughts are the best. Remember that sometimes you're wrong. Remember that your ways aren't the best. Sometimes they don't work out. And they weren't as good as everybody else's plans. He says, be humble and remember that everybody in the body of Christ has a role to play. Right in the body, he uses this image elsewhere in Romans and other, other books. He, he says, you know what? Sometimes we think, okay, the pinky's not important. But he says, no, no, no. Everybody has an important role to play. Even those people that you don't want to put up with. I have sent them into your life. I have sent them into the body of Christ on purpose. And so be humble. Be one. And then there's something, and Paul doesn't, Paul doesn't really touch on it here, but it's something I've found in my life that, that's really helped me grow in patience beyond forgiving other people when they wrong me, beyond humbling myself and remembering we, we all are essential in the body of Christ. And that other thing is, is simply just remembering everybody has a story. Everybody has a story. I mean, as a, as a pastor, as a person, this has been huge for me in growing in patience with other people is to listen to people's life stories. And as you listen to their stories, one, one thing that happens is you, you learn that, that our experiences have shaped each of us in unique ways. Our life experiences have wounded many of us they have shaped our personalities. They've led people to build up walls and maybe even some harshness on the outside. Everybody has a story. We've all been born into a broken and sinful world and we all share in that brokenness and in that sin. And when you sit down across from somebody and you really learn who they are 
and about their life, I found that compassion grows. Humility grows. Love grows. Patience begins to grow inside of us. And and that was on my mind this week as I was thinking about patience and uh, examples of impatience in my life, which are pretty easy to come by. But I was thinking about a time in college, a friend that I, I was having... Uh, some issues with and and you know you can you can be impatient with your friends right people you love and this friend in college he had this habit where every time he went to the grocery store he would invite me to come with him and you know the first seven times I was polite and I was like you know I'm, I'm good man but then he kept asking like seven more times and I became a little more passive aggressive and, I, you know, it's just like, I don't want to go to the store with you. I'm becoming a little more impatient with him. And, and finally, he asked me one day, and I had just had it. And I said, look, man, I never want to go to the grocery store with you. I want to go to the grocery store when I want to go to the grocery store. I want to shop the way I want to shop. And, and you know what? I go up and down every single aisle. And then at Kroger, I go to the discount section in the back and I'm rummaging through the bins, you know? I don't want to talk to people when I'm shopping. Sometimes I want to wear headphones. I want to go when I want to go. I want to shop how I want to shop. I never want to go grocery shopping with you. And, you know, he was a little shocked at my reaction to his invitations because he had no idea that this was frustrating me. And, you know, you can learn more about my story or my psychology to learn why that was annoying me so much, but... He said, hey, you know what? I'll stop asking you. He said, you know, the the reason I asked you to go to the grocery store with me is, well, I like spending time with you. You're my friend. He said, you know, actually, in life, another reason why I invite you and others to join me and stuff is because I was left out a lot. He said a lot of times people left me out of group activities and didn't include me, so just wanted to include you in my life. And he said, you know what? I thought it would save us gas money too. And you know, I'm feeling like a jerk at this point. Like, oh my gosh, I'm the worst person ever. I never went to the grocery store with him though. But in those moments, I, I was humbled. I was humbled as I listened to his story and how that shaped this very small thing in his life. And what he was doing was an act of of love, but as I, as I heard his story, I was humbled. And you know what? Something, something shifted in me after that conversation that day. And I think what shifted in me was uh, the soil of my heart. And, and patience, it didn't grow instantly, but I think that day a little bit of patience began to sprout up. And so this morning, I don't know if you have a, a family member who's just been frustrating you. I don't know if it's a coworker or somebody at your school or your teacher. I don't know if it's somebody who keeps sliding you. I don't know your situation and your tendencies to put other people out of your life, but I know this morning that the Holy Spirit wants you to live as patient people. The Holy Spirit wants you to put up with others the way God has put up with you. And so this morning, I I simply want us to close by asking the Holy Spirit to give us supernatural patience, to just grow it in us, even 
if it's just a tiny amount today. Because every tree starts as a seed and it grows slowly. And so this morning, we're gonna, we're gonna put a prayer on the screen that we prayed at the end of our, our first week together. And I wanna just invite you to pray it with me in just a moment out loud once again. And we actually have a copy of this prayer on a little like bookmark card at each exit next to the offering boxes. So I wanna invite you to take one on your way out and begin praying this prayer daily, asking God to fill you and shape you. So uh, we're gonna put it on the screen here. Would you pray it out loud with me? Heavenly Father, I pray that this day I may live in your presence and please you more and more. Lord Jesus, I pray that this day I may take up my cross and follow you. Holy Spirit, I pray that this day you will fill me with yourself and cause your fruit to ripen in my life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Amen.